Access All Areas on FUBAR Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome to Access All Areas. I'm Stephen Lang. And I'm Bobby Norris. Babe, I'm living for the new intro. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes all the difference, doesn't it? It's like a whole new show. You, have you got a bit of a sore throat, Bob? You sound, you sound I, a bit ropey. I have. I've lost my voice a little bit. I'm on the honey and lemon. Okay, uh, but good, it's all good. good. I, I, I've, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of it going around. Um, it's not COVID, completely tested. But um, yeah, just a little bit of a, a sore sore throat so if uh if the voice goes up and down a little bit it is Squeak, still squeaking like a 14 year old is <laughs> yeah and then i can go incredibly deep probably in about seven Ooh. minutes so you're going to get a, a right range <laughs> how's your week been? yeah uh, not bad um i you know you say it every week but um weather makes a big difference doesn't it and um oh didn't it, the clock's going back last weekend that was that's been really nice so I've been having some little like early evening walks and stuff if I'm not meeting people or, do, or just chilling out. And yeah, it's just been um, been pretty nice. I've actually been out quite a few times in the last couple of, um, in the last week in Soho, like kind of randomly ended up going out all over Soho, which doesn't happen often. Um, but when the weather's nice, you want to get those legs out and you want the boys to see it. Do you know what I mean? You've been, so. you've been out painting the town crimson. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, yeah, um, which has actually been really nice, especially in, yeah, in the lovely weather. Just sort of, um, just it's uh, it, London has a whole different feel. So, um, so yeah, it's, oh, been, it's been really nice. Definitely. Like when the sun's out, it's just... I've driven past about four um, local pubs. They've got huge beer gardens and they're just ram oak. People are like living for, they're out in the beer garden. They've got their drinks on the table. Um, people have got a lot of making up to do, haven't they? I yeah, think everyone yeah, as yeah, well just true. really wanted the weather as well. Until um, until basically today when it's absolutely fucking freezing cold. Um, yeah. uh, but that's fine. We live. We, we, we live and learn. We move on. We, we move. move. Yeah, well, I was that guy yesterday uh, that went to the gym uh, in a vest and shorts Ooh. when it was still what? And I kind of thought, Ooh. Bob, it's March. I've got a bit carried <laughs> away. Yeah. I kind of thought it was July for a split second. Um, very much realised today that it's not July. Um, <laughs> yeah. And was counting on the heat wave that's meant to be coming in april but i've also read that that might not be happening now but what can we do we can't control with one hand and takes with the other doesn't it so um exactly it's it's a cruel cruel world (laughs) cruel world out there um yeah i mean yeah that's exactly because it was all well and good me wearing shorts round and about in town until about six o'clock when suddenly (laughs) the temperature plummets by 20 degrees and it's like minus five outside and i'm like um that's when you need your gym coat yeah, that's and it works. You know, it it, it really does work. Um, uh, so so yeah, but all, all good other than that. Um, just uh, keeping busy at work, which is keeping on my toes as ever. Um, good kids. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Oh, <laughs> still a lot. Considering in a week, that's a lot. A few nights out in Soho. Did you do rowing Sunday? No, I haven't day, been. I haven't been rowing in ages. Yeah, I, do you know what? Actually, my mother say I didn't see my mum this year, but I sent her. My mum's my mum's a big crafter. It's like a passion. So I sent her a, a bouquet of flowers, and um, with it, you could have the option to send a flower press thing, so that you can oh. then press the flowers that you that, that they have and turn them into something else. So um, I had a long conversation with her on Sunday on Mother Mothering Sunday. 
um, all about that, which was really nice. Um, I used to love a flower press when I was little. All you have to do, really, is put it in a book, isn't it? I mean, like that yeah. heavy book. Um, I forgot they was ever invented. Oh, I loved that. And then sometimes I would make perfume. I thought I was like Chanel. Willy Wonka. Yeah, I would tear the rose bush to bits. My mum weren't happy. And I I thought I was like, yeah, making this amazing um, aftershave or perfume. (laughs) It never, ever turned out great. No, I'm sure it just smelled like plant. Plant with a slight rose. <laughs> yeah, it was and It used to go with terrible colour. But we remember, we got to remember, this was a generation where there was no internet. We had to use <laughs> yeah, our imagination. True. There was true. no iPhone or iPad to be scrolling through. It that was either go true. and make some perfume um, or go and play in the streets. <laughs> yeah, God, I mean, it seems quite retro now, doesn't it? But that's so true. I used to be obsessed with the Ralph Dahl book, um, George's Marvellous Medicine. Yes. You know what I used to do? I feel terrible about it now. I'd basically go go to, if I was bored, I'd go to the sink, put the plug in, and then just make my own medicine out of all the shit that was on, like, the side (laughs) of the bar. But it would mean that then, like, I'd empty out half a shampoo bottle, just making something that I would then pour down the sink. So my mum used to get absolutely furious when she realised what I'd done because that's expensive. Do you know what I mean? Like, adds up. Uh, if you're having to buy a new bottle of shampoo every week because your son's pouring it straight down the sink, you would be, <laughs> you would be very pissed off, wouldn't you? Well, what, what, what did you do for Mother's Day? Anything nice? I saw some pics on Instagram. So, yeah, I had a lovely weekend. Thank you, babe. I had my friend Georgia Casulo's. In Gaze oh, yes. like a little gathering. Mm-hmm. So we did that. I think that was Saturday night, which was lovely because there were some people I've not seen since before COVID. Um, right. <clears throat> seen George, obviously, and, and a few of them. But um, yeah, a couple I've not seen for over two years. So it was just really, really lovely um, to celebrate with her. And then Sunday was with mum and the fam. Ordered like a load of like afternoon tea stuff which was really, really nice. And um, and then had a roast. So basically it was a day of, you could say, just indulging. I had Scoffing everything. your face. Completely scoff my face. Cakes, scones, roast. Ooh, um, but you know where you're not even hungry halfway in, but you're just eating because it's like there. Christmas, Christmas day, you're just, it was, just in the cob. Yeah, the it cob. was one of them. Cookies I had. I mean, there wasn't a lot I didn't have, but uh, no, <laughs> really, really nice weekend. And obviously clocks changing having that little bit of extra that extra hour makes such a difference with mm. the light um so no it's been really nice thank you babe really nice gorge um well that's that's good to hear but uh we have a very exciting show today uh we have two returning guests actually um spoken to them both before um we have former big brother star turned well big time actor i guess he's now in a in a in a big film uh, pete bennett um, who's appearing in um, the Nan movie, Catherine Tate's um, latest film. Um, he's coming up first. And then we have Jess Piazzi, who's been on the show a couple of times, um, is a lovely gal, and she's um, got a new... <laughs> Do I sound like you then, Bob? When I said you did, that? You, you, yeah, lovely you gal. a twang of Bobby then, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's got a new podcast uh, on to talk about and, and, and some other bits of work. So, yeah, so it should be a nice show. Fab show. I'm looking forward to it, babes. But before we crack on with the guests, as we know, we all start with a little bit of showbiz news. Mm-hmm. What's caught your eye? Well, I think what, what's caught the world's eye, really. Well, we can't you say crack on. Him. I mean, you could say smack on, really, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it's, yeah, been this, like you said, the smack that's been heard around the world, I think. Uh, the Oscars being completely overshadowed by Will Smith. 
smacking yeah. Chris Rock around the face. Um, what was live. your thoughts when you first did, did you first see it when you woke up and looked at your phone? Because obviously, yeah. with, with the time difference, we kind of all woke up over to it here, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I did, yeah, so Monday morning, I guess, wasn't it? I, I woke up and I saw it and I watched the clip and I was like, oh, it's a setup, like it's a joke. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, I thought it's like a bit, like a funny bit that they're doing where he gets on stage. And then I heard him shouting um, to Chris Rock from off the stage, shouting something along the lines of like, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. Um, if I, I mean, I, I was completely and utterly like perplexed, really, I think is probably a good word, like surprised and sort of perplexed. And uh, yeah, not not normal behaviour that you'd expect from. Well, he then went on to win an Oscar <laughs> ten minutes later. It's all very <laughs> awkward, isn't it? I mean, like, what did you think? Well, like you, I when I first saw it, I woke up, looked at my phone, scrolling through social, and it was just everywhere. Like there yeah. was no other post. It was just already memes had been made whilst he yeah. slept, um, <laughs> and I thought. No, it's a joke. They've done like a little, a, a little, just uh, a bit of a bantery thing. Like a sketch, something. Uh, yeah, like a, like a sketch or like an, an, an a PR y thing. Um, and then the more I looked at, because I've been had to watch the video a few times, but at first I thought I couldn't actually see if his hand was really hitting him. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, I can't really see it properly. You can see the before and after, but you don't actually yeah, see his hand like, on his face. You don't see the contact. So yeah. It's almost like an extender slap, mm. you know, like a, a Pat and Peggy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you um, bitch, you cow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's exactly the slap I was thinking of. <laughs> Iconic. Um, and then when I started to, because I thought, would they have, they would have surely said a few minutes later if it was like a, if it was a sketch. Mm. Um, but it, it was just the tone of, by the time he sat back in his chair, how he shouted back. But I think what confused me as well was when I, replayed it for the, the split second when he first made the joke I felt like he laughed that he, he didn't seem angry for that split mm. second Will oh yes yeah, so you should probably explain right like he 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 did this map because uh Chris had made a joke about his wife's hair mm. she has alopecia Chris says he didn't know that afterwards but it just basically means she got a shaved head right so yeah that, so initially he laughed so, yeah, there was that initial moment, and I think you, you could tell clearly from her reaction, she didn't find it funny. No, she um, really didn't. <laughs> and the thing is, and I know, I think he's come, has he, he's since said that he didn't know she had alopecia. Mm. Um, and, and I think that, that's a huge part of it, because if he had known, I think it completely disrespectful, not something you ever make a joke of. Yeah, yeah. Crosses a line. If he didn't know, it kind of changes it slightly. But when Will then goes up, slaps him and kind of then walks back to his chair, even the expression on his face where there was like a little bit of a smile, it, you can see why so many people didn't know if it was real or not. Yeah. It was kind of the, the tone and almost aggression in his voice when he was screaming back. But I mean, I mean, there's so many things that's sad about it. But I mean, Will's clearly an incredible actor. What an amazing career he's had. And his first ever Oscar. I mean, it's just completely overshadowed it. And also I feel sad for the, and this is going to be really bad. I don't even know what film Chris was now <laughs> giving the award to. Because uh, no one's talking about that. So yeah, I, I feel yeah, sorry for point, the cast yeah. and crew of the show or the mm. film. 
that had won that Oscar because no one's ever mentioned it. it I think that whole night will always be the real thing. And I, and I don't think people are going to stop talking about it for a little while. I know he's come out and apologised, I think, late last night. Yeah. A statement was put out. But, um, yeah, it, incredibly sad um, in, all, in all senses because, I mean, sad just for, for so many people and just seems so out of character for him I mean not that yeah. I personally know him but you just don't expect it no yeah I think that's definitely part of one of the reasons why most people are really surprised they've always been quite an open couple talking about their you know slightly unusual marriage and 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 all of that sort of stuff which is you know good because more people talk about it the more accepted these things are but like yeah, I think I think part of the reason why everyone was so shocked is because it was him. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it really did overshadow everything else that happened that night. I feel also it must be quite weird for Will as well, because like everyone does things in their life that they regret. Right. But it's not in front of the a, bi- a billion people. Um, and I think like he will he will know. I think that's probably what pushed him to apologize to Chris because it didn't seem like he was going to initially. Um, he will know now that that's what he's going to be remembered for and probably not his Oscar, which is not how you, what, how you when you go to that event, how you want the night to go, right? No. Um, and you can imagine, like, when he opened his eyes the next morning, uh, oh. just the regret of that just... It's a bit Kanye I'm, and Taylor, isn't it? Like we've talked about before, like that going up on the stage and... Yeah, and the irony is we was only talking last week about how the Oscars had basically said to Kanye, allegedly, like, don't come. Oh, the, Gra- the Grammys, I think. <laughs> oh, that was the Grammys, yeah. Gra- but yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's because they didn't want the drama, but then turns out the, um, the, uh, the Oscars had all the drama. Yeah. I feel sorry for everyone involved, really. What a disappointment for them all. Yeah, uh, and... Um, yeah, just just overshadowed the whole night, really. Um, just as part of me, I still can't kind of get my head around it. Do you know what I mean? But I'd be interested to see because obviously his wife does the the famous red table talks, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if she'll address it. I know she's put um, good point something up on social media. Um, she hasn't captioned it, but there's a poster. I think it says something like something about healing. Right, interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, but, but no caption, that to be done. Just, just like a quote. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure she'll speak about it, and maybe will will in time. And um, the story will probably go on for a little bit longer. Yeah, have to have to keep an eye out. There, there was another little bit of showbiz news I wanted to mention, which was very sad for Strictly fans: the departure of Ali Ash um, oh, no. um, as a professional. So, first of all, obviously Jeanette left last year to present It Takes Two. Then. Oti announced she was leaving, and now Jeanette's husband um, Aliash is is out. Now, first of all, he's absolutely gorgeous, so I mean, it's a real shame that he won't be on the screen, <laughs> um, of course. Um, uh, but also, it seems like there's a lot of like stuff going on in Strictly this year because there's also rumours that they might have to change their schedule because the World Cup is being played in the winter this year, and um, it looks increasingly likely that they're um, that uh, Bruno Tognoli won't be coming back, um, and will and Anton will be a permanent. Anton Devet will be a permanent replacement on the judging panel. Um, 
So it seems like this year's Strictly, although we're quite far off it even being like officially like beginning, you know, months and months off, seems like there's quite a lot of drama going on. Yeah, it's definitely seems like there's a lot of change going on over there. Um, and I think it become one of like the really established dance where we'd been there for so long. Um, yeah, yeah, nine years. Nine years, it's a long time. And, and I do think a shame for the show that they are losing um, some of some of the, the bigger names of the professionals. Mm. Um, has he said why he wants to leave? No, he said, he, I think he decided that, he decided last year that 2021 would be his last series, but obviously they don't make official announcements until around this time when they start to firm up who the professional um, the professional dancers will be and who's coming back and who's leaving, obviously. Um, I imagine, you know, with Jeanette doing so well presenting herself now and also they quite often go and do tours and things don't they that, yeah. um, that Aliash will probably have some of those sort of plans um, coming up so and maybe it felt really different because obviously last year would have been the first year about Jeanette there as a dancer she was obviously hosting the after show wasn't she um, where they've always had each other maybe that's changed it as well because they would have had similar mm. schedules if they both had a celeb that year would both be on the same page training 10 12 hours a day whatever it is they do yeah um, yeah good point whereas i guess that that's now changed because of her schedule and she's changed her job role um but yeah good point that, that he just does a lot of tours don't they and shows so sure we'll still see him around and about and they're, um, oh, they're absolutely. So pop, such a popular so. couple yeah <laughs> me too i need to make sure i'm definitely following him on instagram if not um because at least get my, my ali ash film um well very exciting our our first guest uh pete bennett is here so um let's get him to talk about all things the nam movie and what else he's up to fab hello pete how are you right, bobby you right, man? Hey. hello right? how are you really good thank you how are you yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm all right, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, we're just saying that the sun's gone. We, we had our three or four days of sun, didn't we? No. And now, we, now we have to remind ourselves it's it's still March, early April. No, I, I was. Oh, it's actually is it still March? No, it's not now, is it? It's yeah, it is. It is sadly. Is it March? <laughs> yeah, I think Friday, uh, April the first. Have <laughs> you been a busy boy, Pete? <coughs> Mate, in my life doesn't stop. I'm now, I just run. I just literally run around all the time, just running from one place to the next, <laughs> just just trying to get everything sorted out. I think I'm, I'm probably the most chaotic life out of everyone I know. It's just ridiculous. But oh, I need to. I need to just sort my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting stuff, right? And obviously, um, well, with with the Nam movie, that's obviously like a really big deal. Like, tell us about how you got involved in this in the first place because when I saw you were on the cast list I was like oh what what's happening here well, what? <clears throat> I don't know how the hell I got into that <laughs> <laughs> I, just, um, I got an I got an audition uh, she, she wanted people with Tourette's in it um, so you know I mean my agent uh, said hey this might be good for you I'm like, well, of course it is it's Someone, you know, they want someone with Tourette's in it. And I was like, all right, you know, that, that sounds perfect. So, um, yeah, I, I, I went I went and got on, had an audition with, um, <coughs> in, in London. And, um, yeah, I had to go through the whole process. I didn't just get it, like, willy-nilly. I had to actually have a camera in front of me and <laughs> I had a script and I had to 
basically just swear at the uh, camera. <laughs> 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 no, I'm really good at that, you know. <laughs> and there was actually another man there, and he knew me, and he had Tourette's as well. But he, he, um, let's just say that I think my my Tourette's was a little bit more um, affable. Let's just put it like that because <laughs> he, right. he had a he had a way he had a way with words. He's a lovely guy, but he kept on saying he wanted to finger my dad. Uh, <laughs> um, and I'm not sure that really went down well with Catherine Tate uh, when it came down to the, the final audition. When I met her in London, because um, I got the second callback, he was there again. And, you know, um, uh, yeah, I went and like, uh, I, I saw Catherine and we went in there and I got her up and I, I went through and we literally, the, 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 the audition was me and Catherine calling each other names. <laughs> Literally, we just rinsed each other out, just like, uh, you know, we went with the script a bit, but <clears throat> we, we imagined that we were in a lift uh, together and um, she was bouncing off my set because the Nan character loves to swear. Yeah, so, right, yeah. Um, yeah, my audition, I just called her all the names under the sun and she called me lots of uh, <laughs> rude words as well. Uh, I, I went out there buzzing, you know, because she was like, you're off the telly. And, I'm, and I was like, <laughs> what? And I was like, you're actually starstruck with me. And I was, Did she oh, recognise you then? From, yeah, from, she, yeah. she liked me. She actually knew me. She loved me from Big Brother. And I was oh, wow. really happy because I really liked her too. You know, I thought she was uh, I'm a massive fan. Um, but I was still worried. The other guy went in there and I thought, oh, my God, he's going to he's gonna get the part. You know, she's going to love getting told <laughs> that he wants to finger her dad. And I was like, <laughs> I'm actually, uh, how am I? How am I? How am I going to get this part? How can I compete with that? <laughs> but, but I went home feeling a little bit, um, a little bit scared. Um, you know, as you do in auditions, but um, no one be told. I actually got a call saying you got the part, Pete, and I was like over the moon. So we went to Dublin, and there she was, dressing in the nan costume, and I, it was the trippiest experience. Uh, well, not the most attribute, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> not truly trippy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did the whole part and it was great. But I have to warn you, uh, not warn you, but I had some sad news. The actual, oh, this is gutting, right? Because like just before, just before the film came out, on like, we waited two years for it to come out in the cinema. Mm -hmm. I got a nice a very apologetic email from Catherine Tate saying, due to, to purely technical reasons, Pete, our scene in the lift together has been cut out and she's gutted. Oh, like, that's a real shame. Oh, no. I was like, no. So, um, yeah, a shame. I want to kill myself. I was so pissed off. But I, I took it on the chin and, you know, she, I, 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 it was so sweet that Catherine apologised herself in the email and we've been, you know, chatting and that. And um, I, 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 she said, please still come to the premiere. And I went to the premiere and I, and that video you saw of me with Catherine happened and it was really fun and that. But yeah, I, you know, I, I did watch the film and I still think, yeah, it is a wicked film. I laughed my head off and it's fine that that bit is cut out because the, the pacing's really good and, you know, it, it works well as a film. I'm not worried. I had an amazing experience with Catherine and she, she kind of, there's a little bit of inside information. Wink, wink. We might possibly uh, be working on something in the future. Oh, what's going to happen? I don't ah. know. But she, she kind of did say, don't worry, Pete. <laughs> but the, <laughs> but the, experience, the experience was still good for you, though, yeah? Oh, my God, yeah. That's one of the best experiences I've had, you know, working on a huge 
film like that with Nan dressed out like up in the costume and and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was, there was it was another level of uh, of exciting. It was really good. But yeah, who knows what's going to happen? And ho- hopefully, yeah, fingers crossed that it ain't the end of of me and Catherine Tate working together. So there you go. <laughs> did, did, did you and Catherine go out in Dublin after for drinks after filming? <laughs> no, 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 no. The last, no, the um, I didn't actually go back. To, no, I, I just ended up going back to the hotel after the final scene. Um, of us, um, uh, yeah, she, she she left and we went back to the hotel and I was um, just getting pissed with one of the extras. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. but, no, he wasn't, he's not an extra, actually. He was actually, um, no, he's actually an actor, sorry. <laughs> no, he's not an extra. <laughs> <laughs> clarify, clarify. Yeah, kill me. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, yeah, Matt, Matt from, um, Matt went straight to bed. I thought, oh, we'd hang out, you know, her nephew. I thought yeah, yeah. hang out. In like, but he just went straight upstairs. I was like, no, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> he's obviously you know maybe a bit too famous for us little people. Very professional, <laughs> very professional. Was you over there for long, Pete? How long did you go to Dublin for? It's meant to be an amazing place. I've never been. It is lovely. It's just very, very. You know what? It's a nice, very, very pretty, um, play, a very pretty place. And yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, it's really nice. It didn't. I didn't get to see much. To be honest, I just I went to the the place where we were filming, and um, yeah, so I didn't see much. But I know that the uh, yeah, it was very much. It was very pretty. It was very very nicely. You know, it's very clean and tidy. <laughs> what more can uh, you ask for? Yeah, at least you had a good experience. Yeah, the best. Ex- it was a nice, lovely. Honestly, I'd like. I loved it because I, I do. I do. I do films already. You know, like independent stuff mm-hmm. and sitcom, independent sitcoms, whatever. But having that experience of being a Warner Brothers film, you know, um, wow, it's just another level. The the amount of people that work on one scene, it's like the whole, the whole, there's about 100 people doing, do different things. Yeah, yeah. It's a real, a real experience, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it was an amazing experience. What else, uh, what else have you been up to since? I know you came, you came and speak to us a couple of years ago, but I can't, I, I wonder what you've been doing sort of the past year. Oh, well, in lockdown, I got mm-hmm. my band back together um, because I thought, well, you know, um, so I've got um, Love Dogs. It's, it's, I've been gigging since I got out of lockdown. But me and my mate Gav, we, we decided to get our you know, band back together. And so he recorded all my tunes with his guitar and, like, you know, we, I, we put it together. And, uh, yeah, so I've been gigging since it came out. I did a few gigs in London and in Brighton. And, yeah, we're smashing it. And, uh, yeah, Love Dogs, that's great. And... Um, yeah, <clears throat> we're going to release an album. Uh, so that's one thing I'm doing. The other, this, this is my my life's mad. <laughs> we got that thing going. I just edited um, the 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 the, the, the uh, Green Fingers episode one again because what I, we we ended up refilming it because I said let's refilm episode one, make it a really good pilot. So I re-edit and did it. Um, they said yes, Pete, because I edited all the other ones. So I ended up putting that on. That's that's for, so the first episode of Green Fingers is. A, out now, remade, and it's plush and wicked. So check out that on Amazon. That's 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 out there. So I've done that. So that now we've got, and, we, and I just filmed the Christmas special as well. And that's oh wow, out in March. So, so, yeah, so we got the whole, literally. I literally edited a whole bloody sitcom in lockdown. There's about five episodes and a remake. And then, but they let me off the last one. I said, like, I ain't doing any more. You fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you made the Christmas special. I ain't doing it anymore. I need to get on my life. Anyway, and, and I also 
<laughs> I also filmed something called The Rise of Fizzy Pop, um, which is if you go to my um, Instagram, the lot of the trailers on there, and it's about a man who wants to become a rock star. And uh, yeah, and, and it's got a talking uh, bearded dragon in it. Ross Lee's the fridge. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> Danny from Gogglebox. What's the name? Thing I can't remember. Oh, no, I can't remember her name. Quick. Ugh. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah, have a look. And, and um, yeah, Redneck, the m- massive drum uh, producer, he's now a filmmaker. Um, yeah, so have a look on like, Instagram. So I've got a couple of films out, I've got a bit of a sitcom going, I did a Catherine Tate, got the band going. Uh, <laughs> all I need now is a cup of tea and a biscuit, and I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, and, and it, are you liking it? Yeah. Are you liking that? the editing side of things, Pete? No, I hate it. No, I <laughs> <laughs> editing literally, it, 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 it takes it takes forever and you've got to concentrate and you've got to be stuck on the computer forever. And uh, yeah, so I'm not that kind of person who can sit down for a long time, um, but I do. When I, so lockdown really was great because I could just sit down and uh, edit. But since lockdown, you know, we got out and I've had to edit. I literally took me months. What what took me two weeks took me about nine months instead. So in a way, lockdown helped me edit loads of things, get a band together, blah blah blah. So a lot, you know, in a way, I, I like lockdown. It was pretty fun, but <laughs> um, but now now we're all let out of the cage. I'm like, yeah, um, it's much more harder to juggle. Um, and you and also we got to like you know get the money in somehow. I've got I've got to, I've been doing a bit laboring, you know, getting a bit busted. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just to so buy what- and. And sort out other things that are like problems in my life, like bills and shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what with the acting and now the band, have you kind of consciously closed the door on reality TV peaks? Obviously, we all know and love you from Big Brother back in the day. Um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm up for anything, you know, um, but it's just whether, whether or not people want to come and, <coughs> you know, ask me to do anything, which they, they never really do. So I kind of just get on my own. Oh, I get on my own stuff now. I mean, if, if someone asked me to do something, I'd, I'd be up for it. And, you know, usually things do come on, opportunities do come on, but um, then, then suddenly they just, you know, just fall apart and I don't, and it doesn't happen. A lot of a lot of things happen like that. You know, you get jobs from TV stuff and then, like, the recent one was Steph's uh, pat lunch. I was like, oh, I'm going to go make someone, go make everyone some pat lunch. And then I was going to go on Monday and then next thing you know, they've changed their mind, you know. That's what it's like in TV. Yeah, so I, I would, I would love it if someone did come along and put me on something. You know, I did. I've done. I think I've done a, a BBC Four radio interview recently for uh, all about Tourette syndrome and 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 how it's a superpower and you know it's quite a very Tourette syndrome positive. So that well, that's definitely. There's been a, quite a lot of that, like um, you know, and you and you kind of were like a gateway for a lot of people who ne- who never maybe even heard of it before. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So do you do you feel that sometimes though? Do you know because yeah. it, it, you you it was really important back in the day when you kind of came on TV. I know, yeah, it was great. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was the gateway drug. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I've got everybody to it now. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, so I I, I think this I think I need to get back out there as well because between you and me and everyone else who's listening, <laughs> um, I think Tourette's awareness needs another kick up the ass. You know what I mean? It needs to mm-hmm. get out there again and and stuff like that because there's a lot of kids out there and mums and stuff who who still message me to the day asking for help um, because they're getting bullied again, whatever. And um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think there needs to be um, another well 
if there is anyone out there out there who's going to be, you know, in the public eye with Tourette's, who's, you know, uh, flying the flag, you know, it, it needs to be me, obviously. Because I, 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 basically, I, I need to get back out there, man. You know what I mean? Because because there's people who need help still, and and um, the, the government needs to, to to to. There's not much help for kids with Tourette's at the moment. We we tried to get a, a, a petition signed by a hundred thousand signatures. It never happened, you know. And there's lots of kids really struggling, and I. Uh, you know what I mean? So I'd love to get back out there, really, and help and do what I can. And, and, and you know, in, in a way, what I, I, me doing films and sitcoms and music and bands and whatever it is and, and being creative um, is, is part of my kind of awareness to show that even if you got to Rex, you can still smash life and you can still have a great life and be successful, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It's all part of it, all part of my plan, you know what I mean? <laughs> of course and it's and I, I i don't mean to change the tone a bit but it, it has been a year since we we lost nikki um and, oh, and i think oh, it's come yeah so i think it's i think it's around a year and and it's obviously that she was an important person in your life how do you feel like sort of looking back on, oh on man you have no idea I, 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 you know what it, i'm still quite trauma i was i got quite traumatized by that and mm. like when when I, when I was filming green fingers um <coughs> wait the 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 new episode like I was saying um yeah um the first day I was filming um the second day uh I got told about it and I had no idea until like you know just my 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 director who's the other guy mm-hmm. felt and said oh Pete uh are you going to be all right coming in tomorrow I was like yeah why what's that and and, and and then he said oh you don't know and I went what and then he told me and I was like mm, I was so gutted like mm. literally I was bits because at that time i had like this this mad like uh trying to <clears throat> when i when i went to go and see her uh, i i i thought myself i thought to myself <clears throat> this is gonna help her and you know the love because because you know I'm a, I'm a rex from big brother and yeah, i thought yeah. she's so sentimental and it, it just meant to me for me to go and see her and you know i, I thought it would give her such a boost a, a big morale boost and you know and i had i i i i, I got like I know I've got the picture up and I put the, the the link for everyone to see it and see and to to, to you know I used my platform to try and boost yeah, it and get yeah, much yeah. money and I was I was just, just did everything I could but um <clears throat> when when I got when I you know I had my hopes up and uh, call me mad or whatever but I I, I was completely deluded that I thought, thought she was going to survive because uh, I thought she was going to I, I you know I just had this this kind of belief and hope like blind faith that she was going to survive and <laughs> i ended up um being uh yeah wrong yeah no of course and, and but you know you, you felt like you were doing the right thing and and she's much missed by by many i know many i know i know i think about her a lot and, and you know and and like she, it's her birthday soon I, I was 40 on the 22nd of march she's going to be 40 or she's not or she's going to be and, and her best friend carly cunningham uh wrote to me recently and wished me happy birthday which made me feel better call me mad but i yeah I'm, i must be mad to think that i could have saved her because to be honest she was she lots was, of people would have done though pete like i mean lots yeah. of people thought they could and, and that's the problem with this disease having known myself yeah. people that battle with it it's 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 very difficult to save people where it, it's, it's a combination of things that need to happen and it yeah I'm yeah, sorry that you feel like that, Pete. Honestly, <laughs> you know, at least you've got you've got exciting things coming up with your music and and all of that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, um, so so I would, I'm glad to hear that things are going well for you. Oh, that, you know, things, 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 are, things are still hard. Life's still hard. I still, you know, it's still I got a lot on my plate. Uh, <laughs> but at least I'm uh, staying as creative I can as as I can. 
and I've started drawing and I've started to you know, get into my cartoons again and that as well. So I might try. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I love drawing. You want to see a picture? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to. I want to start selling my pictures again. Cause, uh, well, that's you know, a good idea. That's a good but, idea. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I get a lot of people asking me to, to for prints of my pictures, my drawings. But um, well, I, I haven't finished it yet. But there is one. See, what I'm saying. Oh, wow, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Well, like, I haven't finished God, it yet. So good. Because, because uh, yeah, I haven't finished it. I've still got to do a little bit of like uh, fill it, filling in the gaps. And that's what I want to do burp. <laughs> I can gather that, yeah. Like burping, he's just burping. Um, <laughs> that's brilliant, though, Pete. You're very talented. Yeah, I'm a talented man. Well, that's the Tourette's, isn't it? The Tourette's makes me do lots of lots of things, you know. Uh, so I've got music, I've got acting, I've got drawing, I've got my band, and I've got um good in bed, you know. Hey, that is a perfect note to, to end it on. Thank you so much for speaking to us this evening. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And, and best yeah. of luck. Best of luck with what you've got coming up. Sounds like sounds like good times. Yeah, good times are coming. I've been I've been training since lockdown I've got myself well I couldn't get in the gym obviously because we was in lockdown but I started training when the pandemic started yeah and I love it I love it now you got a hench man <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you it's so nice to see you and catch up with you yeah you too, man. And, uh, hopefully safe, man. see you soon hopefully our past will cross yeah, see you later lost love bye see bye. Ya. Take care. bye Oh, he's such a like ball of energy, isn't he? Wow, it's like isn't you know, he? It's, it's so good, and I mean, it's a shame to hear about what happened with Nicky, but you know, he does have a lot of exciting things going on, so that's good, good for him. And them drawings really are incredible. Yeah, yeah, he's a good artist. Wow, I mean, yeah, definitely should get selling them. I'm sure, they'd, I'm sure, there'd be people keen to buy. Um, Absolutely. Well, no time to waste because our next guest, uh, Justin Biazzi, is here. So let's get her in the room. Oh, hello, hello, <laughs> hello Jess. Hi, how are you? How really are you good, doing? Thank you. Good. It's been so long. It's lovely to see your faces. Yeah, yeah, it has. <laughs> you, you, you're a regular on our show. You've come on quite a bit over the years, haven't you? So... <laughs> I like it. It's great seeing your faces. It's been so long as well. I feel like this is a little reunion. <laughs> yeah, it's really uh... sweet. How are you doing? Yeah, really well, thank you. Um, just been filming, working hard, trying to... I started a podcast, so doing all these things. So just doing what I intrinsically value and it feels very different and it makes me feel like I'm in a very good place so that's nice how was your holiday I saw all your pictures on Instagram it made me want to get on a plane <laughs> well do you know I haven't been away since like on a holiday that hasn't been worked since 2017 so um I finished filming something and I was just like I'm gonna do a last minute break and I did and it was so nice just to relax I kind of switched off from most things and just yes. took that time to myself and yeah, I really needed it, so I was really happy. Where did you go? Just to Tenerife. I, th I thought it would be super sunny. Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't. But it I've was, heard it was people make that mistake with Tenerife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was hot enough, and I didn't get a suntan because, turns out, I found out recently, I'm allergic to the sun. I've got heat rash. Oh, no. <laughs> it's very oh, upsetting. <laughs> so I'm going to take some antihistamines <laughs> and go and try again. I bet it was nice just to have the break, though, wasn't it? Just to have a little bit of downtime and chill out. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, we'd had... Obviously, the lockdown was mental, and I was bored out my brain, but I was always trying to do something. I was always trying to keep fit or write a book or write this and build a company, and I, I just kept myself going, so I think I'd have lost my mind otherwise. Um, and then once the lockdown finished, I kind of went into this year 
with the horns is that the right word bull with the horns like kind of thing you grab the bull by the horns i grabbed the bull by the horns <laughs> well no wait the horns whatever i did that and um <laughs> and I've, I've been so busy this year and i you know that's where i thrive i can't sit around and do nothing I, I i struggle doing that so it was fantastic for me but at the same time just having that tiny break to know that i can have a little brain rest before i go again it was it was needed and was it a romantic holiday, Jess? I've seen the rumours <laughs> that you might be dating <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Jermaine Pennant. Did um, he have a nice time in Tenerife? <laughs> You've asked that exceptionally well. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone had a nice time. <laughs> good, good, good. Things going well. Um, yeah, do you know what? It's just, I think I had so much, I think having a divorce go so public I thought, you know, this is going to be different. I just want to focus on my career, focus on that. And that kind of how I kind of kept it. And I, I just want something for me now. I think, you know, when you've grown up with kind of having it all in the press, you kind of realise what's important to you and what's not. And then you you stop listening to other people telling you what you need to do for your career and you, you take back your control. And I'm like, I know what I want, where my vision is going. And I, I need to, I want to try and keep it like that without all the outside noise. Because when I, when I managed to get rid of all that and pull myself away from it, I was happy. My anxiety left and all, all these other problems that come with it left. And I was left doing what I wanted to do. And, and that, that's become so important to me. And it was, it's, yeah, so it's, everything's going Basically, well. Basically, yes, happy. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the answer. Have you both kind of agreed that you want to keep it off social media and kind of keep it that bit private? Because sometimes there can be a pressure when you're in the public eye to, to show a relationship, yeah, isn't there? I, I kind of feel like um, because I, I don't really have that life anymore. I mean, I don't. My Instagram isn't really a a, a thing for me. I, you know, I have hundreds of thousands of. I mean, I've got a few thousand followers, but I mean, I don't have like millions and where everyone's interested in every single aspect of your life. It's kind of like I don't even get that many story views. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like a small little community on there. So I don't. Um, I'm happy going I, when I've just been filming. I, I've gone to work. I've come home, cooked my dinner. I feel like I'm like my nan already. I'm in bed by nine o'clock every night. And, and that's how I kind of like, I like it. So I've been going to work, doing that. And, and it's kind of like pulled away from that. So it, it's, it, it was not a discussion. It's just when something's flowing nicely, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. babe. Well, and also you're talking interesting about like sort of doing things for your mental health. Isn't that kind of what you're discussing in your podcast? Definitely, yeah, because that, that kind of came about because um, a producer of one of my new comedy shows called Keep Calm and Carry On, I filmed that last year um, with Harriet Thorpe from Ab Fab, so she's oh, yeah. my mum. Oh, amazing. Um, and the producer of that, we really got on well, and we we were discussing our childhoods and how things affect you and make you act in certain ways and how you behave. And when we both kind of came to the realisa- realisation that we once you understand yourself, you act from a very different place we wanted to put it down in a podcast because for me the mind is something that you know it, it literally went from my 20s not understanding myself at all getting drunk doing what people told me I needed to do to have a career or I was a nothing and because I truly believed I was a nothing and I was never going anywhere I'd wasted you know my whole life at theatre school and then did nothing with it I felt like I was just stuck in this hole and that was that was my life forever Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realised when I changed my mindset, you can you can put yourself to anything and you can give it a go. If you fail, you fail, but at least you tried. And that was kind of the, I, I, we wanted to get together and talk about this because there's so many people in that situation, so many people that I've spoken to that have said, 
you know, oh, I messed up. I'm never going to go anywhere from here now. That was my mindset. But I, I applied myself, did what I loved and got rid of the outside noise of people telling me what I should and shouldn't be doing and did it from my heart. And things really drastically changed around. And I think that when we when we did a pod, we're, we're also speaking to guests coming on and, and kind of depicting their, their brain and, and getting an understanding of our own minds and other people's. When you all come together and you realise there's a community of people that oh, we're all doing it, we're all struggling with our minds at some point, when we can sit and talk about it, it kind of gives you a fresh, a fresh perspective and like a light bulb moment every time. Mm. And that's what the podcast is about. It's, it's just, you know, two girls having a chat. They've both been through some traumas, bringing on guests that have had traumas and have made them act and behave in certain manners and just kind of helping other people through these conversations. And now it- more than ever, I mean, like some people that have never experienced mental health or anxiety or, or anything have during the last two years mm. what with the pandemic. And I mm. think now more than ever, people are looking to uh, speak out and to have suffered. And I think that's going to, I think we'll see that for the next few years, the knock on effect of COVID, just mental health mm. alone. I think it'll be a lifetime. Huge. It'll, be, yeah. it'll be a lifetime. Yeah, and I, but I think there's also the, the good to take out of it in the respects to when, I mean, I was really looking at myself previously before that for I suppose, the last five, six years, but the lockdown amplified everything. And that's why I think people that haven't really experienced mental health or, you know, they, everyone has issues. We all have a problem in our life. It's how we deal with it. So if you've grown up with a horrific trauma, like I witnessed as a child, you handle things differently to someone who hasn't done that. So your bumps in the road that may be minor to someone else are going to be absolutely horrendous to another person. They can't mm-hmm. handle it the yeah. way someone that hasn't had that can. Um, so I think that it was it was lockdown that amplified these things. Or people that would normally deal with something well, they had to now find new ways. So I think yeah. um, I think that's just yeah, and I think that would be ongoing now. Like you said, I think it's just changed a lot of things around for a lot of people. That's such Absolutely. an interesting point that you that you that you say about that because I actually had this exact conversation with my sister. We we were brought up in a fairly happy family, but our parents did get divorced when we were sort of 13, mm. 14, 15. And I, I've always, always struggled with relationships. Like I like I just struggle in them. I'm constantly thinking that like it's not going to work out and blah blah. So I've never really had, I've had the longest relationship I've had has been 18 months from now I'm in my 30s. My sister went through almost the exact same experience that I did, but got married at 23 and has now got like two kids do you know what I mean and they they Mm. have a really happy nice marriage but we went through the same experience but came out of it with completely different attitudes to the way we like looked at like relationships and marriage and I think that's such a weird thing yeah because we're all we're all so different no matter you can have the same upbringing but our our minds will be wired different ways and our perspective maybe I mean for instance me growing up with domestic violence my perspective of that is completely different to my mum's perspective of that. We're all going to mm-hmm. have different views on how it happened and how it affected us. So for me, I'm the same as you. I struggle with relationships. I'm not very trusting. I think everyone's out to hurt me. I I, I, I had to work on myself and understanding why I feel like that. Mm. I never had that protection when I was a kid. So for me, it was always trying to find someone to protect me, but then not trusting them to ever do that. So mm-hmm. how, how is that going to work? Yes, yeah, so it's and like so you're constantly it, chasing your tail and never getting to the end point. Well, exactly. Like. Yeah. And so so for me, it was to find what in find and identify these pieces of me that was causing this pattern. And you only can break a pattern whilst you're in the pattern. So as soon as you notice it, you have to do something differently. But mm-hmm. that's where the hard part comes. People can't identify their patterns because they don't know they're in one. And how can you change something that you don't know? So, so true. I love, I love Just, stuff like that. I wanted to ask you both. Did you... 
and I mean, do you, I guess, or, or was it more in your days, transitioning from reality TV into acting, do you feel that you was judged doing that? Did it kind of go against you? Yeah, well, here's the thing. And, and this is why sometimes the press, it can be such a hard thing. And that's why I've said about trying to keep things separate because what they, it, people think I've just gone from reality to acting, but actually I went to Italia Conti Theatre School my whole life and was on a full scholarship. So actually I was an actress, dancer and a singer. I yeah. lost my way, fell into reality TV, got stuck in this, you know, soul-wrenching kind of cycle of trying to be relevant and getting my validation from other people because I couldn't validate myself. And then I managed to kind of work on myself and get that validation back to go back to where I wanted to be. And it's worked. But, you know, so it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because that's what people know, but they haven't seen the, the 15 years previous of that, of, of exceptional hard work. But if you don't love yourself and value yourself enough, how is anyone else going to do that either? So mm. I, I, I feel like it, it does cause a challenge and it has. And I had a big kind of break on a, on a series that I'm so grateful for. That I've just finished filming and the I really had to work for that. But I had to I had to kind of leave everything behind and strip back to being like you're just an actress auditioning. You're, you've just come out of theatre school, hit mindset and you're back to auditioning. I, I stopped going to. You know, I didn't want I didn't want to be around anything that was going to distract me from that. And I had to really apply, I had to go nearly broke to do it. And I did. But when, like I said, if you believe in yourself enough, you you only do it. It was authentic. I'm living that life. I'm doing it. So if people then see that, they can't go against it and say, oh, you're just this. Because I'm not just that. I'm not doing that at all. Yeah. So, and, you, so you, and you can act, right? That's the, <laughs> like, well, you yeah. know, you're, you are, you do actually know your, your, your stuff about it. Can, tell us yeah. a bit about this BBC series you've been involved with. Yeah. So it's, um, I'm in the contract. I'm not allowed to say anything, but I know that Fine. people know that I'm in it. So I can't tell my character, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But it's the Strike series on BBC. Um written by Robert Galbraith, um, which is the, actually J.K. Rowley. Yeah, um, the male. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the counterpart. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing that. And, you know, I just learned so much. I, I was so focused and dedicated when I was there. I'm just there and I'm walking up every minute and learning as much as I can. I'm going to take that on to my next job and my next job. And, yeah, I just never want to stop. That's what I want to do. I want to I want to make people feel. Because when I was a kid and there was bad things going on as a child, watching a film or reading a book or even watching inspirational things on YouTube, for instance, it gives me a feel to me. I can do that too. And I want mm. people to have that. I want people to want that as well. Absolutely. And the thing is as well, you see me in such a good place. Like you say, when things are right and you're in the right place, I'm a big believer what's meant for you won't pass you by. Mm -hmm. And a lot of life is all about timing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And you know what, like, if I'd have been given this opportunity with this series in my early 20s, I'd have ruined it. I, I, I didn't know who I was. I was completely and utterly in the depth of depression and anxieties and people pleasing and, and doing what everyone around me said. And if I'd have got this then, it would have been to, to show people that I've done it and I, and I was getting a validation from it. Whereas now it's just mine. It's I go to work, I come That's home really and I just live this lovely little life by myself. And, and that is exactly what I needed. So, you're exactly on the money there when it when you say the right timing. So I'd have ruined this ten years ago, but now I'm so focused and dedicated that nothing's going to ruin this for me. You mentioned your depression and anxiety. How how are you now with it? Do you kind of have it managed to a to a level that you, you you're okay? Yeah, of course. I mean, like I said, I think what the thing to I've learned is life is like you're on a surfboard. And you're standing on this surfboard and when you 
haven't kind of figured out your mind and you're still a bit, you know, and you're in depth of depression or anxiety and you fall off, you drown, you're drowning and you, you can't know how to get out of it. Life is always going to be waves. So you need to learn to ride them. So it's about, you can fall off your surfboard, but you have your, your, your life jacket on now. And that's how I kind mm. of feel. So when I fall off, I'm still got my buoyancy. I'm not going to go under, mm. you know? And, and I think, you know, yeah. there's things that will cause anxiety, you know, every single day, there's not going to be one person in this life that goes through their whole entire life without a bump in the road. There's always going to be a bump, whether you can't get your mortgage, whether you, your boyfriend breaks up with you, whether you have an accident and you, you lose a leg, there's always going to be something that comes along. But it's mm. about taking responsibility for those things that happen and then being able to use your tools that you've, you've mastered throughout your life to, to make sure you stay afloat. And Absolutely. how did you did you learn that? Is that like something you learned in like therapy or just like self-learn or, or what? It's kind of a lot of things. <laughs> um, I, I do see a therapist. Yeah, I find that um, very helpful to, to talk yeah. things. I don't so much anymore, but, you know, I, I did for a while um, just to talk things out. But also, weirdly, when I was a kid, I didn't stop reading. I read and read and read and read. When I kind of got older and, and the depression stuck in, I didn't read a book at all. And about five years ago, I think just before my divorce happened, I was I was reading again. And then I I found that it just almost connected me back to myself. Mm. So I, I would find books and find books that I knew would resonate with me. And what I find the best thing, the best therapy is people that have been through something similar. And then you read their account on it and how they managed to master it. And you can take whatever you need from the, all these different people and build mm. your own version of it. And I feel like that's what I've done. I've I've spoke to a therapist, but I've also, I'm very, very on it with, with mindset and self-help because I never want to feel like I used to. So I'll always find things that I know are going to nourish my brain rather than, you know, make it worse. And is that one of the reasons why you don't, where you kind of come away from social media, do you think? Because it doesn't help you with that. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, I got so obsessed with social media at one point, especially when I was doing the reality. Mm. And I, it was my validation. And then, I thought, why on earth am I not validating myself? Why am I letting strangers that I don't know give me validation? It, it, it started to make no sense to me. And then I would look at myself and I would go, I'm about to post a sexy picture or something. And then I'd be like, hang on a minute. I'm doing that I'm feeling insecure about something else. I'm not going to post it. I'm going to sit and work and talk to myself and figure out why I'm feeling insecure right now and fix that rather than having to act out on social media. Mm. And I, that's what I feel like a lot of the problem is where, you know, we're filtering our faces to the point where people can't even recognize you on the street if they saw you. We're, and it's all because of we're not loving ourselves enough and not, not being just happy with who we are because we're watching so many other people do the same. And it's, it's creating this culture of just self-loathing and that's why I kind of pulled away from it I, I don't mm. I don't like to post as much as I did I mean during the lockdown I was on it quite a lot and it was then when I realized what I was doing when I was feeling a bit of a type of way I was using social media to try and validate that feeling and then I was like no this is this isn't working for me mm. um so it was an awareness of it and that's yeah that, that's why I kind of keep away from it now I think a lot of people put pressure on themselves because of social media and I, I know I've heard a lot of surgeons have come out and said people bring their their filtered and their edited photos from Instagram to a surgeon and say, make me look like that. Because people, mm. whether they feel there's a pressure or they're comparing themselves to people, and, and as we know, a lot of things on social media just aren't real. People just yeah. show the best side of things and an over-exaggerated side. But I find it so sad when some people don't feel good enough in themselves because they don't like how they really look. They're used to seeing a filter on themselves. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, no. and, and to go to a surgeon and say, make me look like this edited thing, it, it kind of shows you wh where yeah, people it, are at now. It makes me sad because I've been that girl. When I was in my 
early mid twenties. I like I said, I hated myself, and I didn't even realize I hated myself. I didn't like how I looked. I was always insecure for that very reason, and I think social media ramps that up for people. And you know, it, it's it's a sad, sad thing. I don't know how to fix it. And normally, when I'm doing, you know, my podcast or if I'm if I'm reading books, I'm always thinking of a solution. I never think of a block in the road. I always think of a solution. But this one I, I struggle with because I, I feel sad for the younger generations that don't like their faces. They will not post a picture up. Or even, you know, women my age are posting pictures and they, their face is completely different from a filter. You wouldn't even recognise them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how? who's responsible for making people love themselves again? I mean, it, it's a dangerous thing. People people are, you know, getting so insecure. They, they're acting out of character. And it's all because of this, this app that is completely changing faces and I don't think they should be allowed but they are and I you know it's not, not for me to change laws or rules but I, I think it's it's quite dangerous having a, such a huge amount of people disliking themselves enough that they can't post a real picture of themselves I'm all about posting a good picture I'm not going to post my ugliest one am I but, <laughs> but as long as it's me as long as it's me there yeah that's yeah, okay. yeah yeah that's a really interesting point and one I hadn't really thought of but yeah I mean yeah Wow, it's, it's it's an interesting topic of um, debate. What, remind me, what's the name of your podcast? It is called Let's Clear the Air with Jess and Kaylee. Easy enough to remember. Perfect. Um, well, <laughs> um, Jess, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Uh, as ever, a pleasure to have you on. Um, and uh, and best of luck with all these exciting things you've got going on. Thank you so much. It's lovely to see you both. You too. You too, Jess. Take care. Lots of love. Bye, babes. Bye. What a lovely girl. I mean, she's always so nice to have on and she's always such like a positive energy, I think. Got a good head on her shoulders, as Jess. 100%. Um, well, we did another, another lovely show um, covering... I feel like we cover a lot of mental health stuff, don't we? <laughs> we, we do, babes. <laughs> <laughs> something we end up talking about quite a lot every week. Um, maybe and we I think that's a really it. amazing thing, actually, that we, we do touch upon it weekly because so many people, as we've just said, are in a situation where they're struggling or suffering or just mm. living with... And yeah, the more people talk, it it helps. More it normalises it. Well, uh, lovely to see you. Um, and thanks everyone for listening. Until next week, goodbye. Bye, guys.